Have a play date with your body as I talk with Joseph Simons, dancer, choreographer, performer, and co-creator of the highly acclaimed and must-see Fringe World show, The History of Dance, as told by one man in 60 minutes with an energetic group finale. Exactly. Joseph talks about growing up in a highly artistic family and how the draw to attend the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts, WAPA, first brought him to WA. He then goes on to tell the story behind the creation of the History of Dance solo show, which so beautifully spans so many facets of all things dance, and how it has developed to the place it is now. The conversation doesn't end there. We then explore the life of a dancer and how Joseph's body is his instrument as an artist. We talk about his relationship with his body, functionality versus aesthetics, and the benefits of exploration of movement. Joseph is wonderfully engaging, and his energy and humour shine through the conversation. By listening to this, you will come to realise that dance is for everyone, and there's no better place to start than in your bedroom with only your radio as company. So enjoy, Joseph. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards, the world of dance. Well, a hundred years of the history of dance is where we're going to today with my guest, Joseph Simmons. Hi, Welcome good morning. Hi, Joseph Simons, even. Simons, sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. No, S-I-M-O-N-S, Simons. That's shocking. Right. You, know, you know what is interesting, though, um, is that my sister, Jessica Simons, married Trent Simmons. Right. And so her, her name went from Simons to Simmons over the course of a wedding. And, of course, that was the, the joke of the year. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. great fun. So one of the things I like to ask my guests right at the start, and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to Hi, me. Hi, Because I know you're you. super busy thank in between for, Fringe and everything Thank else. you for having me. Yes, we are in season. In season. Um, so one of the, like I said, one of the questions I like to ask my guests right at the start is um, their relationship with Western Australia. Right. Because you're not originally from WA. I'm not originally from WA, but I know it well and I love it very much. Uh, why is that? Okay, so I, uh, so I grew up in Dubbo, yep. New South Wales. Um, uh, I would say a little country town. They call themselves a city. Um, uh, and I grew up in Dubbo uh, until the age of 18. And I always had um, my mind on the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts, what? known as WAPA. Um, uh, and when I say I always was aware of it, I think I was aware of it from sort of, you know, 13, 14 year old, um, where a girl at my dance school, I went to Dubbo Ballet Studio, and there was a girl uh, who was one of the seniors called Emma Canalisi, and she went to WAPA to, um, to train uh, in dance. And I was like, huh, what's that? And, you know, eventually sort of did some reading and all of that. Um, you know, this is the sort of the, the very early, you know, late 90s, early noughties, and, you know, I was looking at magazines, you know, lots of Dance Australia magazines that seemed to mention Whopper a lot, and so I was like, oh, okay, that seems like an interesting place. Uh, and so when I finished high school, I was fortunate enough to uh, get into the Whopper dance course, and so headed straight over um, to Perth uh, to follow in Emma Canalisi's footsteps. Yeah. Um, uh, and interestingly, of course, Emma Canalisi and I have now become very close friends and, and collaborators, uh, and we have this Whopper connection. Yes. So I moved to Perth in uh, 2006, the beginning of 2006, and 
began a three-year course here uh, in dance at WAPA, which I just loved, absolutely, um, you know, adored that and, and really sort of was just milking the course because I was discovering um, all of this stuff about dance that I didn't know. I knew that I liked dance and mm. knew that I enjoyed dancing, um, but, uh, but yeah, Perth um, sort of opened all of that uh, to me. I then, after the three-year course, uh, stuck around um, in Perth for a few more years, um, performing with West Australian Ballet. So I am delighted now. I haven't been back to Perth for quite some time, um, mm. and I'm delighted now to be able to bring mine and Emma's show mm. back to Perth, um, back for Perth audiences. And um, yeah, being back in this fabulous, sunny, and currently very hot <laughs> state. Hot. Yeah. What is it about Perth that you enjoy? Obviously, mm. you were drawn by Whopper. I was I was drawn to Perth because of Whopper, yeah. not because I wanted to move to Perth. Yes. Um, but I very quickly um, discovered. I mean, you, you you have to imagine that for for me, I'd spent eighteen years in one small town. Yeah. And our closest major capital is Sydney, and and you know I know I love Sydney for its uh, different reasons, but. Perth for me is now in my memory. It's my first independent home. Mm. It's 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 the city where I, you know, I, I turned nineteen and I was living away from my parents and um, and studying and and all of that. And so yeah. Perth holds a very special memory for me right in terms passage. of yeah, the, the the place where I sort of grew up and the the, the place where I sort of grew into um, the much more the person that I am now with regards to my training and my network and contacts and friendship circles. Perth is really the beginning of a lot of that. And, um, and yeah. And then of course, you know, why do I love Perth? Well, I love the weather and I love the beaches. Yes. Uh, like you know, it's, it's a beautiful city. I, I love it very much. I've lived in, you know, Mount Lawley close to the campus. I've lived in Frio, um, uh, as well. And I just, um, I just find this city really attractive and fun and full of really interesting people, mm. as I'm sure you've discovered over Indeed. this podcast. Indeed. So you're a dancer, performer, choreographer, director, director writer, ballet, yeah. opera, oh, oh. toured the world, Olympics, fashion. Yes, there's the quite a lot. Thing, you know, I was looking at the bio, I was like, oh my God, I'd mm. spend half the podcast just reading it out. Well, yes. Where where does all this come from? Oh, it's exhausting in the just Joseph's thinking about it. Story, like a little boy in Dubbo. Yes. Where did it all come from? So okay, well I guess it all really comes from. Um, so my mother Sharon Simons, uh, who's an incredible woman, um, she was a musician, and and her mother, my grandmother before that was um, an incredible piano player. So uh, so Nan. Um, uh, Dawn Whiteley, who very interestingly passed away about three days ago. Oh. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're in a current state of sort of oh. really remembering her and, her and her life. Uh, she was an incredible piano player who, um, who played a lot for the sort of wartime dances around regional New South Wales and, uh, and, and all of that. Her daughter, my mum, Sharon, uh, is also a magnificent piano player taught by her mum. And Sharon um, became a, a bit of a local pop star, I'm going to sort of 
mildly say. <laughs> she had an album, a record, of course, yes. in the uh, in the in the seventies, um, and uh, and you know she had a, a song that like got to number three on the chart, you know, all of those things. Um, and so she, uh, so she's always been uh, really musical and uh, and all of that. And that has naturally sort of turned her towards uh, amateur theatre and that sort of thing. Um, but when I uh, came along, and my, I'm the youngest of three, I have two uh, older sisters, uh, and we all discovered that we were all quite uh, strong singers um, from a, you know, a, a long line of sort of musical talent. And so by the time I was about, uh, I would have been about four, when uh, my mum put together the Simons Trio, uh, which right. is my, myself and my two sisters, and we uh, and we would sing, uh, you know, songs, uh, you know, full three part harmony at at, the, at age four, um, sort of somewhere between like the Von Trapp family and the Partridge family, right. I would say, and that that we used to travel around. Uh, you know, New South Wales performing at functions and events and that sort of thing. We had major cute factor because we're all from the <laughs> ages of you know four to um, four to eight, and um, and so we did that for for a couple of years with my mum Sharon playing, um, uh, you know, the piano behind us, and we were singing all these cute songs, and people loved us. Um, that was my first uh, step into the stage. Yes, and uh, and did the first oh boy, did I love it! I like. <laughs> I was, um, I enjoyed attention. I right. think I think is yeah. You know, I I enjoyed the 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 art of standing on stage and having people watch something that you'd worked on. Yeah. I, I I liked that. Right. Um, and um, uh, so you know, by the time I was uh, in school, which by the way, um, I did a you know, one of those um, sort of personality tests that they do at the beginning of kindergarten for school. And they sort of, you know, work out what kind of kid you are. I believe my report said overconfident, um, uh, which really does, you know, that describes a lot. Um, mm. so, uh, so I went to school and, you know, just loved being sort of theatrical and, and, and over the top. Uh, and very quickly, um, my parents decided to put all three of us children into dance class. Right. I took to it like Dr. Water and uh, eventually my two sisters sort of dropped out of dance over a couple mm. of years. I just never did. And right. so, um, and so coming to, um, uh, you know, th then dancing right through um, my teen years, you know, jazz, ballet, uh, tap, contemporary dance, um, by the time I was 18, was completely um, sure that uh, being on stage is, was the, the right thing yeah. for me. Um, but I had all these other interests other than dance. So, so dancing was always, you know, my first sort of training in being on stage and being comfortable on stage, mm. as well as singing, obviously, with the Simons Trio. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and, and those things as well. I was really interested in acting. I was fascinated with, you know, behind the scenes um, uh, stuff in both theatre and film and, and all of that. So, and then coming to WAPA, which is a, a performing arts academy where there is just people of all kinds of genres all around you. There's a stage management course, there's a musical theatre course, acting, of course, um, 
uh, design and music and all of that. And so having friends and, um, and colleagues around me studying those things as well, I just learnt so much more than just my course because I was dipping into what are you guys working on? What are you doing all the time? And so what came out of, um, you know, graduating Whopper was just a really well-rounded interest in a whole lot of different art forms. Mm. And, uh, and I've been extremely fortunate to dip into all sorts of uh, different things. And, you know, uh, fashion came along uh, a, a little later um, because as, as we know, dance is a really visual form. And so by the time social media and Instagram really um, was, was taking off, I managed to um, ride that in an interesting way because dance photography is um, very popular and um, a lot of people find it really interesting. And so, you know, working with different um, photographers and, um, and having a lot of different images, um, uh, you know, being shot all over the world because I often would do photo shoots while on tour with different um, photographers, so a lot in New York and LA and London. Um, and, uh, and so those photos allowed me to um, gain a, a bit of a following for um, different fashion designers and different things who would invite me to come and um, do a, you know, a photo shoot for a campaign or, or whatever, because they thought that it would be interesting to have a dancer in their in their fashion campaign. And the first of these was uh, Tony Manachevsky, who's uh, an incredible Australian uh, fashion designer, mm -hmm. who contacted me literally via Instagram, oh, wow. um, just sort of saying, hey, I like your photos. I'm thinking of having a male dancer in my next shoot. M Tony Manachevsky uh, mostly does uh, a, a lot of really high-end uh, women's uh, fashion, a lot of gowns and, and, and dresses. Uh, and so he had the idea for having a male dancer in his, um, in one of his uh, sort of campaigns. And so I came and worked with him and discovered a really uh, interesting collaborative uh, spirit between the two of us. And eventually I um, uh, was soon uh, art directing some of his um, work. So being behind the camera and, um, and starting to, to work in those things as well, which was always part of my interest as well because on top of arts I love bossing people around <laughs> uh, and uh, and so you know d d directing and and choreographing and um, and creating so you like creating things that get attention and bossing people around. Yeah, yeah yeah and so and so and so the arts is perfect for me it is um, it is, uh, it is your because, natural home. yeah because I um, I now uh, you know in the last more recent years are able to really transition into um, uh, being on the other side of the desk, a little bit more um, creative um, team. So being either a director, choreographer, or both, um, uh, you know, helping work out design of things, uh, all of that is um, uh, of particular interest to me nowadays. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, I've been able to work uh, through being on stage and, and being that attention seeker mm. and now eventually uh, starting to turn that round to um, creating work that sometimes I'm involved in in a performance capacity and sometimes I'm not and I love both of them. Mm. Awesome. So if we look at the, the show that you've brought 
Yes, 100 years of the history of dance as told by one man in 60 minutes with an energetic group finale. That is the best title ever. It's a, it's, it's a lengthy title. It's a lengthy title. But you know what, it, it does what it says on the can. It does, because, you know, I could say, can you give me a quick overview of it? And, and you kind of already have done. The, the title, title kind of really uh, yeah. uh, captures it. Except to say, the title is um, sort of... I, I, I'm really proud of uh, th that title because it's, it's kind of wonderfully deceiving. It's exactly what it says on the can. It is. I w Although it is, it is also the second that the show begins, we start diverting away from this uh, this concept of, of the, the what the title is describing. It's about a um, a seventeen year old schoolboy named Jacob, who is obsessed with dance, um, and he is doing an oral presentation. Uh, uh, he, he's been charged to do a one-hour oral presentation on the subject of his choice. He has chosen to do a, a century of dance and the most influential choreographers of the last hundred years. And he tells us their story while uh, demonstrating their, their signature moves. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, so this, uh, so this show started uh, about two years ago, 2017, when um, I was really fortunate to have a... Uh, again, Instagram. Mm. Um, uh, I got an email from so Instagram uh, a is man. Used for good. <laughs> it really, it, it, for, for in in my instance, yeah, it, yeah. Re it really has. Um, uh, so I got an email from a man saying, "Hello, I've found you on social media and um, and been you know sort of looking at your website and all of those things. Um, would you be interested in making a show in New York?" So this. Uh, this came out of, uh, in 2013, I uh, won the Tanya Lika Fellowship, mm -hmm. which is given to one Australian choreographer every two years to travel to Berlin to wow. do a residency there um, uh, at other studios in Berlin. I had won that uh, fellowship, which was uh, rather incredible, and went mm -hmm. to Berlin and I made a new, I made my first solo show there. Uh, it was called First Things First, and I you know, made that show. I toured it around uh, Australia. It also did a little bit of international touring. And uh, and this was the show that this man had sort of discovered. So he contacted me saying, first things first looked amazing and interesting. To be honest, he asked, how much did it cost to make that? And I was like, oh, well, you know, that's really hard to describe because, you know, I, I, I had a fellowship for a residency in Berlin and I, you know, I can't really describe it. And he's like, okay, uh, how much would you need to make another solo show? And so I was like, well, that's an impossible question. And um, <laughs> $9 million. Yes, like, I mean, please. You know, yeah, so it's, it was hard to um, talk about that. And, and of course, I didn't take him seriously when he first um, contacted me. So, uh, so I was like, okay, um, let's have a Skype, please, man, who I, man. Who, who I don't know, who lives in, <clears throat> in America, um, and let's talk about this. And he's like, absolutely, just to let you know, I'm completely serious and I'd like to, you know, help uh, the creation of a new show if I can. So we, uh, we had a, chat, um, a, a Skype meeting. His name is Martin, and he um, and I instantly had this incredible connection, mm. which, um, you know, uh, I, I love Stephen Sondheim and all of his um, musicals and, and uh, theatre. And 
Martin was like, oh yeah, Stephen's a good friend. And I was like, oh, um, I was, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. And he's like, oh yeah, I. Um, he knew how to push your buttons. Well, well, he said, well, well, he said, well, I, um, I, I gave Stephen um, a, a theatre for his 70th birthday, and I went, oh, hang on, I'm sorry. Are we talking about the Stephen Sondheim Theatre on Broadway? And he's like, yes, yes. I, I, we had it remodelled and and named after him for his oh. birthday. I'm like, oh. You're a big player. Um, <laughs> I understand. Uh, and so, uh, so th that well, that well, that, cha that changed the angle of the conversation when he was like, "Look, I, you know, I put money into different shows and mm. and um, and different, you know, some shows that make it to Broadway and some that don't. But um, you know, that's what I do." And he's a, a financial man. Mm. No. Uh, no talent in in the arts industry, but enormous amount of interest and yeah. um, and philanthropic uh, you know uh, personality. And so he um, so once we realised that you know we were serious about this, then we decided to start talking about um, the creation of a new show. He asked me to pitch three ideas for a new show. One of them was a schoolboy giving. Uh, the history of dance as a presentation mm. and uh, and he said yep that sounds like the one that sounds like the kind of show that needs to be made in New York because you can use the Lincoln Center Library you could interview actual people oh, wow. who are connected to the choreographers that you want to talk to etc um, I also had the advantage of my good friend Emma Canalisi the girl who went to Whopper before mm -hmm. um, I did who had been living in New York. So I went to New York, I met up with Emma and said, here's the idea for the show, will you help me? And, uh, and Emma and I co-wrote this script together. She is also the director of the show. Um, I became the performer of the, the solo um, work. Um, and we started creating Jacob and we started researching an enormous amount of fascinating dance history that even though both of us were you know, university trained dancers, a lot of stories that we didn't know mm. and, uh, and some really exciting stuff that really um, uh, got us going. And so we're cramming it into the script and, um, and we did a development in New York um, uh, to a, a select group of um, uh, audience members who really uh, loved it and thought that it had potential and was able to give a lot of great feedback. We then did the same thing in London, um, uh, where we did uh, a script development there. We also did a script development in Brisbane, uh, which is where I'm now based, um, for a select group of uh, audience members. And that brought the script to where it is now. We did a national tour in 2019, uh, around the um, mostly a regional tour, just to sort of get it on its feet and, and really see where it's finding. And now, now we're uh, here in Perth, and it's um, and it's a real show, and it's and it's official, and I am so very proud of it. It's an incredible opportunity to actually, as I listen to you, actually deep dive mm. into all the history. Yes, of dance to actually almost, <clears throat> you know, certainly given having listened to, listened to you before about what what the arts means to you, but yes. then to have the opportunity to deep dive into it, speak to all the people, read all the books, yes. do all the research. Yes. Just to put I mean, I, I went to see the I went to see the 
preview performance yes. on Monday, yes. and it, 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 it's 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 like Wikipedia oh. on steroids in oh. front of your eyes. Absolutely, emotion. It's I'm glad you've said emotion because uh, it's it's interesting. You the the very first uh, draft of the script was like Wikipedia on stage. Yes, meaning the dullest um, yes. uh, form of things like, and then they did this, and then <laughs> they, they did, did like, like yeah. and on this date they did, like, oh, it was yes. so dull. But um, I can see how you'd have to start with that. Absolutely, that's, that's exactly. And then refine and refine and, and then put the humour in. And, absolutely. And, stuff. and it was just, it was just amazing. It just covered, you know, I feel like I really know about dance now. Well, well and that's. As well as being thoroughly entertained. I talk yes. to parents along and they're yeah. still talking about it. Very, very special. I think that um, that, that seems to be the, the overriding um, uh, sentiment from, yeah. from audience members. Firstly, that I didn't know what to expect. Mm. But now that I've seen although it... Although the title did tell you. Although the, although the title did you know, describe a certain, uh, a certain amount of detail. Um, but, the, uh, but the overriding sentiment is certainly... I didn't even know much about dance, or even I didn't like dance. But wow, hasn't it been an mm. interesting, um, you know, bunch of people who have shaped and, and changed choreography over time, and uh, and they find it genuinely interesting. Mm. The thing that I love about that is that, for me, of course, this is a play about dance, but actually, this is not a play about dance. This mm. is about being seventeen. Yes. It's about being obsessed with something and it's about um, what you're going to do with your life and it legacy. Yes. Because, because, and it's exactly why I wanted to make a character who was 17. Um, I mean, as we talked about, I finished high school and moved to Perth to, mm. to train in WAPA. And Jacob, uh, the character, is, you know, in his final year of school, he is contemplating what what's next you know 17 is this you know knife edge moment in everyone's life mm. where you're about to finish you know school the thing that you've been doing basically your whole life up to, up until that point and what you're going to do next is completely up to you mm. um you know and so for jacob the these heroes of his, he's so obsessed with dance and he certainly knows an enormous amount about them, mm. um, about these, these influential choreographers, way more than I knew at 17. He's a very sophisticated young man. Um, <laughs> but he, he knows all about these, these heroes and he can describe their lives in hindsight to mm. a T. What he can't do is talk about himself. himself. And what he's going to do next, because the unknown mm. from his side, he hasn't done any of it yet. He yes. can talk about the fabulousness of um, of of people who have, you know, Bob Fosse, who's created this enormous body of work and and is so loved, and even well after his death, is still a household name. You know, that's what Jacob wants, but he can't work out how to do Dude. that from age 17 yeah and so this and play of that at the end of the show absolutely it? and uh and so the the writing of this play for both myself and emma was about you can study your heroes all you like mm. but it doesn't make your own path any clearer mm. and so uh and so that is what that is actually what the play is about and i think that people actually are grabbing onto that um mm. 
on top of just all of the fascinating facts um, uh, yeah. from the dance world. But I think people and can relate to that. And the dancing itself. itself. Yes. Which is, wow, to watch. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trained. Um, <laughs> yeah, so but I, yeah, yeah, but I, um, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the other obvious part of this show is that I am... Uh, I'm a bit of a fiend for a lot of different styles of dance. And so mm. my body is able to transform um, genre, era, style yes. um, with quite a bit of ease. Mm. And so creating a show which allowed as a vehicle to, to, um, to show off that from doing, you know, a, a 1920s Martha Graham you know, a contemporary dance right through to, you know, a Paula Abdul music video or a, um, or mm. a Rudolf Nureyev classical ballet variation. Yeah. Um, able to throw that all into one show um, was a pretty exciting mm. um, It's a nice show for off us. for you as well, isn't it? It's, yes, it is, it is a show off for me. And what's now become a part of um, that is now finding other cast members who can do that. Mm. And, uh, and for this Perth season, we uh, have been very fortunate to find two um, incredible new young Australian performers, Trent Sinclair and Andrew Longo, who have uh, just in the last few weeks learnt the show and, um, and will be performing it with me um, on alternating nights throughout this season. Mm. That is the beginning of um, the show having a, a much bigger life. Um, and, legacy for, and legacy itself, and for for me to um, to be able to not have to be the only person in the world who knows this show, mm. because if I can't do a show, if injury or illness or whatever, yeah. the show has to be cancelled. If um, if I'm the only person who the only who can do it, so uh, so it became a matter of. Um, finding some other Jacobs and these mm. two young men What was it like fantastic. handing Jacob over? It was it... a very interesting experience. Yes. It's not something that I've done before. It yes. was the first time that I've uh, done anything like that. Because you must have been quite particular. You know, I mean, you've developed y Yeah, I mean, Jacob. yes, it was, it was written by me. It was made for me. Um, uh, you know, it was made on me. Um, so, much, yeah. How much is Jake? How much of Jacob is Joseph and how much of Joseph is Jacob? I don't think that you can write... I don't think anyone can write a character that doesn't have some of themselves in it. Mm. I would like to think that there's not a lot of Jacob in me. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um, you say that. Yeah, I think that... Um, I think that... I mean, Jacob does not have the knowledge that I had at 17. Right. Um, he is certainly way more sexually mature than I um, was at 17, um, or at least sexually uh, aware. Um, uh, Jacob is very much a 17-year-old in 2020. Yes. More, more than, uh, you know, when, when I was 17 in, in 2004-05. Yes. Um, uh, you know, we're on the other side of, of marriage equality and, and, yes. and all of those things. Um, and so uh, coming out and sexuality and all of those things. Um, I actually, I think that perhaps there is an element of um, me creating Jacob as the Joseph that I wished was right. 17 in, in perhaps uh, some 
some way. Mm. Um, so there is, uh, there is certainly an element of Joseph in the character of Jacob, but, um, but you know, coming back to teaching this to, to other, yes. um, to other young men and to other actors, it's been fantastic to see that they are creating their own Jacob from the text that's, right. that's in front of them. So while I wrote it with me in mind, they're taking the text from their own experiences in their own mm. world. And we do have now, with myself included, three very different Jacobs. Right. They, they, of course, say the same things and they do the same dances and um, it's the same show. But, uh, but you know, Trent Sinclair uh, has created this enormously endearing, um, sweet Jacob, who's just, you know, so charming and, and delightful. Andrew Longo has created this, um, this sassy, witty um, uh, Jacob who, uh, who can then just flick round and, and break your heart. Um, uh, and so I have uh, actually really relished the opportunity to step back um, yes. uh, to teach them the show, of course, mm. but to then allow them to interpret it the way that they right. do. And we were lucky enough to have Emma uh, Canalisi, the director, come to Australia to work with the boys for a week um, uh, in the middle of her busy schedule um, to, to help bring out their version of, uh, mm. of who this young man is. And so I, have, I thought that I, it would be really hard and I thought that I would hate it seeing someone else do my work. My thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we literally talk in the show about Martha Graham um, becoming mm. extremely depressed and, and, and an well, alcoholic yes. when other people were performing the works that she had choreographed on herself. Because yes. Martha was, very similar to me, made a lot of solo work for herself. Mm. And so when she got older and other dancers started doing it, that really threw her into a depression. I was prepared for that. Like I was prepared mm. to actually find it quite difficult to see other people doing my work and sort of spend the whole time sort of squirming in the corner going, mm, that's not how you do it. No, that's not right. That I hate that. No, 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 don't do it like me. But actually I, I surprised myself right. um, a little bit of how much I was like, no, that's not what I do, but that's great. Yeah. And, and, oh, that's so cool. In fact, I might steal that for myself. Yeah, around the, around the other way. And so, and the three of us have actually really enjoyed mm. watching the other two Jacobs um, rehearse and perform um, and, uh, and work out what it is about them that's working and, and how we can incorporate that into our own performance. It's actually made the work so much more sophisticated than when yeah. it was just me. I suppose it evolves it even further, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And that's really <clears throat> exciting and special. And that's what, that's what theatre can really do. And, mm. I, and I, I love that. Um, one of the big things that comes across when you do watch it is it's such a physical performance. Mm -hmm. It's you on your own on the stage. Oh, it's a monster of a Obviously, show. for 60 minutes. Yes. With the energetic group finale, which I'm not going to say anything else because you've got to go and enjoy it. It's a surprise. It's a surprise and it's fantastic. It's, 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 it's the thing that gets most people when they hear the title, they go, but how do you do an energetic group finale in a one-man show? Well, ah, well, 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 let me tell you. We're not going to say anything because yeah, you've got to yeah. go and enjoy it. Yeah. Needless to yes, say. Yes, that's right. Let me show you is a better yes, thing to say. Needless to say, I've been enjoying it since. <laughs> um, 
one of the things I'd like to ask you about is um, just the whole physicality yes. of being a performer and mm. a dancer. Mm. And um, you know, we see the polished end of hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Yes, and hours. years and years and years. Years and years and years. Hours and hours and hours. Yes. How? What does a day in the life of a dancer look like? What What do you do to look after yourself? You know, mm. I've I've sat down and spoke to people who have you know swam amazing distances or done amazing physical feats. Right. Um. And and I myself have done a few things in my time, but, um, you know, just. You know, I, I've recently started to shift exercise to more movement focused. Right. Yes. And so I started to, in my own little way, appreciate how you were moving, and and just the, the shape and structure of your body and your yes. muscle work. Yes. Particularly your legs. I was like far out. And <laughs> I was, um, oh yeah, these legs have worked hard for me. Yeah, but um, how? What is part of the daily routine? I mean, you know, mm. to a degree, your body is your main instrument very much so and that's and that's actually the key that um you know a, a musician is able to put down their trumpet yep. and walk away yeah um there's no maintenance required on that trumpet mm. other than or you, you know you can hand of, your guitar to someone to tune it for you. absolutely absolutely <laughs> so um whereas with a dancer and a, a performer of any kind actor included um you you live in your instrument mm. and so everything that you do will have an effect to how you look or how you're able to use mm. the instrument when it comes to crunch time on stage yeah um and that will go so, from sleep food yep exercise recovery absolutely everything. um grooming like, like yeah, all, yeah. All, all of that um uh, comes into play and so um you know, I mean, it sounds so ridiculous, but you really have to be on top of haircuts and what you've got coming up because, you know, you need a certain length for a certain time. Like, it, it, yeah, you know, all of yeah. these things come into play. So, um, yes, you're, you're quite right. And I'm really pleased, actually, that you mentioned um, your transition from, from exercise into movement-based um, uh, work because that is really what dancers uh, specifically um, that's the world that they know. Mm. So um, I, I uh, lecture in um, tertiary institutions um, uh, often now, both in Brisbane and around Australia, and um, and working with uh, tertiary students, often in like uh, the musical theatre world, is that I'm I'm coming across performers who have not had dance training since the age of six mm. um they've you know they started dancing not you know, much much later <laughs> yeah they weren't part of the you know the simon's trio um uh so the um so you know they you know have been a singer all their lives or whatever and they've decided to do musical theater and so they've decided at the age of you know 18 or so to start picking up dance and they're finding it quite tricky even more than that they're frustrated at their bodies um for uh, not being able to pick up things as easily as, mm -hmm. um, as, as they could. And often, and particularly um, the men, uh, talk about that they're disappointed with their physique um, because they want that dancer's body. So I was really fortunate, and anyone who starts dancing from an early age is really fortunate, to go through puberty while dancing. Mm. Because what that means is, certainly from a... a both a strength and a visual perspective, 
your body uh, grows through um, through that pube uh, pubescent stage already working a certain amount of muscles and already creating this um, uh, body intelligence and a sophisticated mm. um, understanding of how the muscles work. And so by the time you get um, to the other side of puberty, you've got this sort of fully working functioning machine yes. that is um, that can kind of do anything. And this is the, the difference between exercise and movement is that yes. dancing is a full body experience that is, um, that is extremely um, uh, complicated and extremely sophisticated, much more than, um, you know, lifting a weight in the same direction over and over. Over and over again. Oh, it's, not, it's not about repetition, it's actually about variety. Yes. And, so, uh, and so the muscles are constantly contracting, expanding and twisting yes. um, with every dance move that you do. Mm. And, so, um, and so the body gets this um, quite intense um, physical intelligence, um, which, you know, coming back to the show has allowed me to create um, uh, lots of different movement styles and, and, and mm. all of that in one. So, um, I mean, a day in the life is always hard to describe, of mm. course. Um, also, I'm uh, 32 years old now. Um, <laughs> yes, 32, still playing a 17-year-old character. <laughs> I won't be able to do this for that much longer. Um, but I... Uh, so I'm, I'm in my 30s now. I'm certainly not able to dance like I could when I was 19. Um, you know, certainly, certainly 1920 when I was, you know, still at Whopper, but also dancing with West Australian Ballet. That was definitely a, a peak physicality for me um, and a peak body size, shape, you know, um, look. Um, but uh, in order to maintain that, it's about maintenance. Mm. I mean, you know, I... Um, now do a lot of teaching and even when I'm teaching I'm still trying to be as physical as possible mm. and to continue to um, to do the work with the students mm. um, in order to, to to keep me going it's a huge amount of stretching um, uh, to keep the body limber and probably more so now than when you were 19 yeah absolutely absolutely oh gosh when I was 19 I never warmed up or cooled down at all I was yeah. just like I can do it roll out of bed high kick big turn you know like we're on <laughs> we're on and with and with no problem now i can probably mm, i say that i can't dance like i did when i was 19 i probably still can dance the way that i could when i was 19 but now there are consequences right so so now there's the next day when the lower back still feels pretty sore or yeah. you know the, the legs need you know a little bit more time to warm themselves up um so you know i'm just starting now to um to discover the um uh, those consequences of, of the aging, you know, process and how mm. the dancer's body moves through at different ages. And I completely appreciate 32 is not old, but I am certainly noticing differences from yeah. when I was in my early 20s. Um, and so, yeah, so a conscious effort of food is, um, is always going to be a part of that and nutrition. Mm. Um, because of such an active lifestyle, I actually am a big sort of you know carb uh, overloader because yeah there's a yeah, lot of um, there's a lot of burning uh, going on and yeah I also go to the gym that's yeah. that is that is still I was going something to ask you if you did yeah that is like we just said 
it's kind of repetitive. It's absolutely repetitive, and that's and and I'm certainly not suggesting that there's a, a superior inferior no. thing there with regards to repetitive movement or a, you know variety exercise, um, uh, because repetitive movement has its place, and um, yeah. and if you're looking to you know to, to build muscle or to bulk or to even just to um, to do some maintenance on mm. um, a particular muscle group, the gym is great for that too. So I will um, oscillate between teaching and dance classes, being both a teacher and a student um, or a participant in, in other dance classes, as well as uh, going to the gym to, um, to do more of that classic weight training uh, yeah. and, and stuff as well. So that's what gets you the body that you see on stage. Yeah. How has your um, relationship with your body changed? Um, Have you been through peaks of love and hate and like and I love? mean, I, uh, yes. Um, naturally, um, I have had an oscillating relationship. I think that during my teen years, I really disliked my body, mainly because it couldn't do the stuff that I wanted to do yet. Right. Um, uh, so it was more of a function thing than an aesthetic. Yes, yes. I, um, I... That's a fine thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was a scrawny kid. Um, uh, you know, it was always very sort of uh, petite. So on the other side of puberty, uh, where muscle gain was coming to, starting to, to come about, I was delighted by that because I always found, I always like, I, I used to say that I looked like a, a skeleton just with sort of some skin pulled over it. Like I was <laughs> really skinny um, and little. Um, so I didn't, I didn't love my body aesthetically then. Most of my um, uh, frustration with my body was the functional, um, I can't do that yet. Also, you asked me how, um, how similar I am to Jacob. What I do have in common with Jacob is if I can't do it perfectly first time, I don't want to do it at all. Oh, right. um, and, so, uh, and so that became a bit of a barrier in dance class yeah. at you know, age 15, where it's like, I just want to do that cool thing. Um, and I don't want to work for months you on, know, it. on it until I can get it. Um, so th that I obviously had to learn and had to um, work through and know that things that with your body can happen over time and with patience yes. and, um, and with uh, a, a lot of training. So now I think I understand much more the, um, the art of waiting for something and, right. and being able to, to gradually build layer, a new layer. skill and, and layering. Um, uh, in terms of aesthetic, I, I don't have, um, I have a really good relationship with my body now where I'm, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, in the, in the show, you know, the, the with performers, we get down to underwear in, in hundred years of the history of dance. Mm. Um, and so there's this little bit of like, oh, all right, getting, getting down to the, getting down to the briefs in front of everyone now. So yeah. hope you're happy with yourself, Joe. Yeah. Um, like if you know. yeah, 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 there is, there is a bit of that, but, um, but I mean, I surprise myself sometimes with just how little I th even think about that. Yes. Um, where I'm just like, well, it's fine. I've been training. I've been eating. I've been going to the gym. Like, this is fine. It, 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 once, it's been quite a transition for myself, as mm. like I said, moving towards more movement-focused mm -hmm. exercise, which then just opens mm. up so many new things and things you can play with and yes. what have you. And in doing that, I've become myself just generally less. 
not interested, but less concerned. Less concentrated, perhaps. Yeah, on the aesthetic yeah. of my body. Absolutely. And I now think... I love the functionality and the possibilities. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I'm 45, and I yes. found this two or three years ago. Yeah, it's, it, it is something that um, comes with age, and I have actually noticed that because I've worked with a range of different people, including um, uh, dancers or people who are learning to dance much older than myself. Mm. Um, so I've, I've worked with a, a range of different people and it is interesting. And I mean, I suppose this is just a, a bigger philosophical discussion about in your twenties, you are concerned about looking hot yes. and you, and you, and you want to be, you want to reasons for that. Yeah. And you want, you want to look great and, and, you know, and, and, you know, sort of coming into sexual maturity is certainly a part of that, that you want to feel sexy. Yep. Um, and the, I think the older that we get, and exactly what you just described, the older that we get, we become less focused on the visual and more just about the function of like, actually, I would be able, I would like to be able to do this feat for me. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not because I want to look a, a certain 100%. way, perhaps, um, but it's just like, actually, no, this would, this would make me happy to be able to, to do this physical thing. Um, mm. Or I would like to still be able to do this physical thing that I could do back yeah. in the day. Um, and so I want to get that back or I want to maintain the ability mm. to do that. And I think, I think that's where I'm now myself mm. starting, to, starting to come in where I'm like, look, I actually don't care what, it, uh, what the body specifically looks like as much as I care about what it can do. Yes. Yes. And I suppose one of the questions I have in mind is, are there different types and styles of dancing that you can see yourself migrating towards as you get older? Yes, and, and others that are perhaps dropping off um, yeah. a little bit. For you? Yes, for me personally, um, I mean, ballet will always be uh, an incredible foundation and it's known to be mm. sort of, you know, the one of the big basis of, of, of a lot of different styles of dance. Ballet for me um, will always be a part of my life in terms of able to do um, certain foundational things, but the the spectacular ballet stuff, probably not forever. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the big jumps and the double tours and the, and the you know, the pirouettes and, and all of those things, um, may not be around forever. Mm. I'm okay with that. I was going to say, how do you um, feel about that? Yeah, I think... You are, I, I have mean, you reconciled that or does it make... Or are you Martha who's going to go into a I downward spiral about I don't... It? I mean, look, it, it's actually tricky to tell because yeah. right now I still can do those things. Yes. And so right now it's very easy for me to say, oh, no, I think, oh, I'll, I'll, I think I'll be fine when <laughs> it's gone. Um, uh, look, it's maybe not. not. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think that... Uh, I mean, if we look at history in, in the theme of, um, you know, the, the play that we're talking about, if we look at history and, and choreographers and dancers, um, certainly contemporary dance seems to be mm. uh, a style of dance where um, people are able to do it for much longer. Yeah. I mean, you know, Martha Graham was dancing right in, into her 70s. Mm. Um, uh, obviously, with variations you know th there are different things that you can and can't do as the body ages but um but certainly yeah i th i i would like to think that um i'll still be able to move my body hopefully 
mm. as much as I can when I'm older. Contemporary dance often lends itself to that. Uh, you know, sort of jazz, hip hop, um, uh, you know, style of dance is, um, is certainly far too explosive for an older body. Mm. Um, and joints and... Yeah, yeah. Um, and certain things and, you know, probably would be doing less floor work over, um, over time, you know, getting down and up, obviously. Yes. Um, uh, you know, as, as anyone knows, even, you know, the art of, of, of sitting can become difficult as, as that body ages. So getting up and down off the floor, I think, mm. um, uh, will be a thing. I'm fortunate right now that those things are still in play and I will try to keep them for as long as I can. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think that... Um, I, I think that it's it's inevitable that there will come a time that certain things just can't be done anymore. Yeah. And, um, oh, I don't know. I've mellow. had a good run. Yeah. I'm okay. Do you see yourself mellowing into greyness with ballroom and tango? <laughs> oh, look, I mean, I mean, maybe. I mean, I think, I think actually I'm probably more likely to turn into like some sort of Tai Chi, you know, kind, yeah. of, kind of yoga guy, um, uh, perhaps, uh, which is more just sort of, uh, you know, strength and and um, yes, uh, th those mobility things and, and, mo and mobility more than um, more than that. But I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, look, I love moving my body. I don't think that will ever change. I um, I I have always been fascinated by the science of mm. dance and, and the, the the physiology of the muscles and the bones and and mm. um and and how that all works and because uh, there's a bit in yeah. the show where you, towards the end where you rattle off all the oh absolutely of yeah the body and yeah you've got abduction adduction contraction and extension don't forget rotation dorsiflexion plantar flexion circumduction pronation protraction then there's inversion supination and retraction and they are all um you know sort of physio terms yes um for uh for the different um movements that the body um can go through and as i just demonstrated in the show we have a little poem to uh to help yes. pull that together indeed um <clears throat> you've obviously been working with the show for for some time yes is there a point where your natural creativity which obviously surges through you yes is now looking beyond the show to to new things and and how as a as, as an artist do artists reconcile the fact that their creative urges might want to go in one direction yet the thing that they're doing to put bread on the table yes has you in one place for a period of time yes i see i i think i understand what you're asking that um like just other projects and yeah. other other pathways and, and because, angles because of the very nature of what you do it's creative yes. and creative will always create and yes. will always move grow evolve yes. expand yes yet the show the show or any piece that you you create gotcha will then once it's done and now out and being repeated yes it's almost finished its growth period yes if no. that makes sense yeah, no it, do, it does it and does how and do you I, reconcile that? i understand i mean I mean, like literally as we're talking today, mm. so uh, I performed the show last night. I did 100 Years last night. Um, I'm talking to you right now. I'm about to um, uh, go and have a Skype meeting for a, a new script that I'm writing um, soon. Uh, in two weeks when this show f 
finishes, I've got a, a, a week's worth of writing retreat uh, for a new musical that I'm writing um, uh, with a, a, a different collaborator. Um, I am uh, a pitch that I've put forward um, for a, a new event is um, is happening, and so I'm working towards that happening in June. There is always so much going on. Definitely so going. even when I'm on stage, there is there is plenty in the right. pipeline, and mostly because projects take a long time mm. uh, to to get off the ground and they take a long time to, to develop. And so um, you've kind of got to have, you know, six or seven cylinders going at once in order to um, to constantly be yeah. Yeah, putting that output. Because they've all, they all take different uh, amounts of development time and they all have different deadlines and different mm. um, finishing points. And so right now, 100 years of the history of dance, as told by one man in 60 minutes with an energetic group finale, is still a... Um, you're correct in that it's it's probably stopped its creative growing period. It's now a complete finished production, um, but its life will continue on, potentially without me. Mm. In in that uh, the, the, these new actors may um, end up touring the show um, themselves without me present, mm. um, which is possible, and that's why, in fact, we have other cast members yes. um, so that uh, you know the dream eventually is that I'll be creating um, work and theatrical productions and, and shows and sending them off yes um, rather than having to hold its hand yes right the way through Parent releasing mm. things from the net exactly exactly so um, so myself and, and my husband who happens to also be a producer um, is uh, we're actually quite interested, um, myself and Adam, uh, in becoming essentially like a two-man production house mm. where we're able to create shows, um, send them out into the world and instantly start creating the next show. So we're, we're looking, I mean, look, I've got about 40 ideas in my head right now. I've got 70 <laughs> ideas in, my, no in my notebook next to the bed. Like, I, there is no... Um, reason for me to be stopping anytime soon. I've got yeah. so many ideas for different things that are going on. Um, and, you know, four or five of them are actually on the path now mm. of potentially becoming um, a completed project. And so, uh, I mean, you know, to answer the question, yes, History of Dance is in a, a, a stage now, but it will continue on um, in a different form. Mm. Uh, with um, with or without life me. to go that's and, its life that's to go its and entertain many many absolutely. many absolutely that's that's the point and that's and and where <clears throat> just to be clear I make work to be seen yeah. so I have no intention of this season in Perth being the last season of this show um, I and I would love for it to run for you know a couple of years I'd love for it to move around the world internationally yes. I'd love for it to be seen by a lot of people. I'm proud of the work. I'm happy with it. Mm. I think that it uh, has some universal themes that a lot of people can touch on. And, um, and that's a show that I think could go, um, go further. And while that's happening, I'll make some more stuff. Indeed. <laughs> What's been your proudest moment? Oh, boy. <laughs> in life in general? Oh, look, I mean, you know getting married was pretty exceptional yeah. and, and pretty exciting and you know 
as we know, the fight for marriage equality and stuff was has been a painful and um, and really difficult battle, particularly here, um, in particularly here in Australia. Um, and and myself and Adam, uh, who are both Australian boys, really we really wanted to wait mm. until marriage equality happened, um, rather than going somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah, we wanted to do it in our country. Yeah. Um, and so it was a pretty proud moment to have that um, mm. uh, that we we got married last year. Um, in Dubbo, in my hometown, oh, you wow. know, it, it was very, very special. And so that was certainly a proud uh, personal moment. In terms of a, um, a career highlight, I actually have to go back to Western Australia and my time in uh, West Australian Ballet, where I um, was the, the lead in um, a new production of Pinocchio, mm. uh, which was choreographed and created by the then artistic director, Ivan Cavallari, um, to have a whole new ballet, which was, you know, a couple of million in, in, in budget and, you know, a, a big scale new show with me at the centre of it wow. was actually pretty special. I was yeah. only 21 uh, at the time and, uh, and it was really really thrilling um and we performed here in perth in uh you know uh, her majesty's theater his majesty's theater oh which one is it we know it's the it's the uh, it's, oh, if it's i know what, i'd correct at, you. at the madge <laughs> at the madge yeah. <laughs> yeah um uh here oh damn it i can't believe i can't remember that um but uh yeah that uh we performed here in perth i was so so proud of that and that was certainly the beginning of um of a big and exciting mm. you know career that's been you know sort of 10 years or mm. so since then um of just uh yeah really really exciting dance experiences a lot of touring i've been very fortunate to be taken um you know all over the world from the, the states to through asia and and the uk europe and of course around australia um with a lot of different um, dance companies and doing a lot of different kinds of work um, and kinds of shows, which has been great from musical theatre to um, contemporary dance and obviously ballet. Um, being a dancer in opera is fascinating because mm. that's a whole other world and, and, and kettle of fish. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of very proud moments, um, mm. but I'm going to choose Pinocchio for now. Mm. Um, Funniest story? Oh, my funniest story? Yeah. Oh, oh good God, Bryn. I don't know. Um, oh, oh I, I honestly can't even think of one. I mean, look, there's, there's always plenty of stories about, you know, ridiculously fast, quick costume changes and that kind of thing where you end up, you know, having to come on stage with half a costume on and <laughs> half a wig sort of flapping off your head. You know, I've got plenty of them. Um, but... Uh, Oh look, I mean look, it's th it's theatre. There's yes. always going There's to always be ridiculous, stuff. crazy things. I mean, you know, I mean, l literally um, uh, two nights ago, uh, you know, Trent uh, Trent Sinclair was was on stage performing Hundred Years of the History of Dance, um, and I was side stage. We uh, we realised that he wasn't wearing his tie, which was part of the part of the costume. Yes, and um, and. 
he needs to be able to take off his tie and tie it around his waist to um, to become a tail for the for the cats um, uh, scene and uh, the scene about Julian uh, Lynn and her choreographic um, sort of masterpiece of cats um, and so I had to very quietly because I was side stage open up our um, you know props suitcase and see if I could rummage around find any sort of tie that I that I could and then like flick it onto the stage. <laughs> I had to, I tried to hit his ankle so that he'd feel it um, and uh, and let him know that there's a tie here for when you need it. It's tied <laughs> you, when you're ready. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that thing, it's that kind of like thing that. happens all the time. That's, mm. um, that's you know, how it works. And, um, and you know, look, those things happen. Mm. Sometimes the audience notice, sometimes they don't. Yes. And uh, that's all fine too. Or that could be part of the show. Of course. Indeed. What have you learned about yourself through all this journey? I think that um, I have learnt how much I love moving the body, how much I love other people discovering that they can move their body as well. I've adored being a choreographer and, uh, and creating movement that I'm not doing myself uh, and seeing the, the joy of someone learning how to do a move and nailing it mm. and, 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 and sort of getting to that stage where they're like, hey, I couldn't do this before and now I can. Yep. That is <clears throat> thrilling to me. And I have learned that that is, that's actually not what the young, overconfident um, uh, Joe was all about. He was mm. about attention seeking for himself. Yep. I've learned that I have an even bigger passion for creating work that other people um, uh, can take on for themselves. That's an interesting thing that I didn't think would happen mm. because I, al I thought that it was all about me and I thought it was about me becoming famous. Yes. Um, uh, and actually what makes me happy is just to be in a room, in a rehearsal room making, um, making art with others. Yes. Mm. Wow. Um, obviously, we talked about you know, what you physically do yes. to look after yourself. Yes. What do you do to keep yourself grounded through all of this? Oh, I'm well. Sure it can get all quite heady. Yes, no. Well, I've got an um, amazing partner who uh, brings me down on the regular uh, whenever I, whenever, like whenever, 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 whenever I'm, uh, you know, feeling too lofty. Um, <laughs> so there's, a, there's a quick, you, you know, that's not the truth, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. back down we go. Um, no, uh, he's actually incredibly supportive and encouraging yes. and, and, and amazing, of course. Love has um, many faces. Yes, of course it does. Um, and one of them is reality checks. Yes. So, uh, so no, I love that. I love and that about him. Yes. And things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think that. I mean, what do I do to stay grounded? I, I think that I know the importance of downtime. Hmm. And I mean, oh, actually, almost. This could be an answer to what have I learnt about myself? I have learnt not to kick myself when I, my body needs rest. Mm. Um, I've learned to, to listen to my body more and to understand that I don't have to be go, go, go all the mm. time in order to put out lots of output. Mm. In fact, by having more um, 
uh, equal rest time to work time, I can be more productive. Yes. I don't have to be, because I've been a freelancer my whole life. Yes. Um, I and don't. So mentally, everything. So, go, 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 go. Obviously, go, go, and, go. and you know, at, 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 at 8 p.m. on a Sunday night, and I'm still working and doing emails and doing uh, you know, all of those things, that's actually not that productive. No. I need to, at some point, give myself permission to rest, relax, recharge, mm. and, um, and then I can be more productive. That is how I stay grounded because, uh, yeah, my natural inclination is to burn out and, and yes. to just go for everything yeah. at 24 hours a day. Um, I stay grounded now by yes. understanding that I don't have to, uh, yeah, get frustrated at myself yeah. when I feel that my body needs rest to yeah. actually listen to it and give it the rest that it needs. Mm. And the last question I asked my guests. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right. Is if you could take a um, little golden nugget of information and just upload it into the collective consciousness so everyone just got it, what would that be? Wow. It's a lovely question. I wish you'd asked me earlier to prepare um <laughs> by the way i never tell any of my guests right great this, this is the question and i'll just give you a little bit of think time here by telling yeah. this because this is because i'm you know gracious host and all yeah please um <clears throat> i never tell my guests i'm going to ask them this however this is the last question of every podcast so <laughs> yeah yeah no, so, no, no sure oh, yeah look i mean i'm i'm gonna stick with the theme that we've that we've been talking about for the last hour I, th I think that the collective consciousness of our world needs to understand that you have to keep moving your body. Mm. That sounds so basic and so silly, but, um, but the brain works when the blood is flowing. Yes. And, uh, and so you, you must, uh, I, I believe that humans must stay active. Obviously, my uh, career and occupation um, is an extreme version of that. Yes. Um, and, uh, but but I, I really believe that movement plays an enormous connection to uh, emotion and mood and, yep. um, and the amount of energy that you're able to put out comes from the amount of energy that you're able to generate um, here. And so I think just uh, staying physical is a crucial part to being alive. Mm. Um, and I, I guess that would be my advice to, you know, keep the, keep the body moving. Go and do a dance class. It's way well, more it's, fun than you might think. It, it's, yeah, because like I said, I've moved to more movement orientated mm. exercise yes. and with that I've had to learn to use my body more and I get these lovely frustrated moments where it's like oh why can't it just do the thing that I want it yes. to and then yes. you have to build the new pathway yes. and you're constantly building new pathways in your head and I and it's it's little it now to me is little wonder that senior citizens start taking up dance or dance and something to because their brain physically needs yes. to be you know, making new pathways. Absolutely. Neuroplasticity and yep. all of that. And absolutely. And I and I guess the the real 
the, the main sort of motto of all of this, and actually this is probably a good, you know, tie-in for, for the podcast that we've just made, and particularly with the show, 100 Years of the History of Dance, is that the bottom line is dance is for everyone. Mm. A lot of people think that, you know, there's actually no such yeah. thing as I can't dance. Yeah. It's, you don't, you don't have to be good. Yeah. You don't have to look amazing. It doesn't even need to be aesthetic. Dance is about what it feels, feels like, like more than what it looks mm. like. And, um, and if you can walk, you can dance. And, and, you know, so, you know, I would yeah. encourage and, and I, I often do encourage my students to make sure that you are still bedroom dancing, you know, the way that you did when you were 14 and listening to the radio and, you know, yeah. dancing around your room. Because everyone does that to a certain extent. Yes. Um, I don't think that should be lost when you get older. I think everyone should still be, uh, you know, enjoying the... Um, the art. I recently heard someone um, uh, call it a play date with your body, oh. which, which, which I think is actually kind of adorable. I love that. That, it, that it's just like, hey, body, yeah. good to see you again. Yeah. Do let's, some moves. Let's come out the mind and yeah, drop into the body. Yeah, it's a lovely, um, it's love a, it's a lovely um, uh, sentiment, actually. Um, yeah, dance is for everyone and everyone should just keep moving. Excellent. Excellent. I've Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, Brian. I've loved it too. How long is the 100 years on? So 100 years of the history of dance, as told by one man in 60 minutes with an energetic group <laughs> finale, runs uh, from, well, it's currently running and it finishes on uh, February 16th. Yes. Um, so we have, uh, I believe we have about 12 more shows uh, to go. Yeah. And um, and myself and the two other actors will be uh, alternating the uh, the role of Jacob mm. throughout those performances. And uh, oh, we just can't wait to show more Perth mm. audiences. They've loved it so far, and I can't wait for more of them to see it. And if somebody hears this podcast after that time, they can yes. go to. You can head to uh, www.thehistoryofdanceshow.com okay. and you. Find out where it's on. Find out where it's on next and, and read about it. You can see some videos and photos there as well. Um, it's, if I do say so myself, it's a beautiful <laughs> show and, uh, and I'm, I'm extremely proud of it. And, I, uh, yeah. Like I said, I went to see it on Monday and I was just thrilled. It was just so many things. I'm so delighted that you enjoyed it. Joe, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Bryn. Thank you.